Hi, and welcome to the Sales Enablement Pro Podcast. I am Shauna Smaowong. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so they can be more effective in their jobs. Today, we're joined by James Bridgman, the Head of Sales Enablement and Operations for Siemens Building Technologies Division. James has experience working with massive sales teams in markets across the globe, and we're thrilled to have him on the podcast. James, as you know, we're seeing more necessity for sales enablement, so I would love to hear from you your perspective on if you see this momentum continuing and where you see the evolution of sales enablement going. Definitely. Um, I, yeah, absolutely see the uh, continued importance and momentum behind uh, sales enablement. I would say, um, you know, uh, you know, just uh, looking back, I think a lot of it was, uh, you know, technology um, systems, uh, platform based, uh, you know, technology stack based. Um, but what I'm seeing now is, um, you know, a combination of, uh, you know, technology, but really technology enabled programs. Um, so I think I talked about it, the sales enablement soiree, one of the areas um, we've really had a lot of seem really good early returns um, are the, we had a ready to sell program, uh, which our data shows that pretty, I mean, it's pretty, uh, you can almost, you know, put your hat on or, you know, pin, pin your hat on it is uh, it would take about three years for a sales rep to get up to uh, speed as far as full proficiency. So one of the things we thought was, hey, man, anything we can do to get them, uh, you know, proficient and up to where we thought they should be at in terms of a sales standard, the better. So we implemented uh, the ready to sell program probably about a year and a half ago. Um, and, uh, really what it is, is it's a series of, over the course of a year, a series of milestones, um, that a sales rep needs to hit. Um, so it, it does a couple of things. It gives them, you know, on the job training, classroom training, uh, experiential training, a, a whole, um, a host of different ways to learn across, you know, key, um, areas within sales. Um, and then it, it also tracks, you know, we have somebody who on the team who tracks their performance, holds them accountable. Cause if you just launch something like that, salespeople aren't going to really, you know, fall through on it. Um, and we actually saw some really good returns. We saw like a 26% increase. So we, we did some analysis where we compared um, year one ready to sell uh, reps uh, compared to year one reps the year before we started the program. We actually saw a 26% increase in um, order intake which is huge. Um, and then we saw actually a 53% reduction in turnover. Now you can't, you can't attribute both those great results to purely to the ready to sell, but that's a, that's a good thing. Um, and then recently, so we have, um, we have a ready to sell program manager, and then we have somebody who administers it on a day-to-day -day basis, really just, you know, make sure that sales reps are hitting their milestones. And then we recently, uh, moved the program to, uh, we call it now the Siemens or the Sales Excellence Academy. It's Mind Tickle. You might have heard of Mind Tickle. It's a it's like a learning reinforcement and uh, platform. So we're actually tracking um, performance of that program through uh, through Mind Tickle. And then just last month, we we said, you know what, we need to continue the success, and we came out with a program called Ready to Lead. Because um, you know the companies I've been with, usually people that are in. Uh, 
you need your branch general managers or sales managers. They've typically been salespeople that have been successful, but that doesn't mean you're a good leader, right? And, uh, and, and you don't just want to throw them to the wolves. So we, we took a similar approach. It's over the course of six months instead of 12 months. Um, and we came up with, again, five areas like, uh, you know, strategy, leadership, financials. Uh, there's some other ones um, where we wanted them to have, you know, core competency. Um, and uh, we also have a, um, so we have MindTickle, you know, monitoring or, or administering the program, but then we also have a team of national sales managers who go out and verify uh, competency. And, you know, we've been, we've taken a tough, uh, a tough uh, stance. I mean, we had, we've had sales managers say, Hey, I've been around forever. Um, can I like opt out of the program? And my response there is, look, it doesn't matter how long you've been doing this. We all need to sharpen the saw and we all can get better. So we've, we've taken a very strict approach where every sales manager or every branch general manager with direct reports, um, needs to go through the program. So, um, We'll see how the returns are there, but we're pretty excited about it. That's awesome. That sounds exciting. I know that you have a hand in both sales enablement and sales operations. Um, I'd love to understand how the teams are kind of organized um, from a structural organization and um, how, how that works out. Because that's, that's sometimes the case. Sometimes sales operations and sales enablement are, are very closely related and in other organizations they're not sometimes sales enablement reports um, directly into um, a sales leader or a marketing leader. So I'm very curious um, to understand what it's like having it kind of in the operations house over there. Yeah. And, you know, and even sales operations can mean different things. Like sometimes it's, it's like, uh, you know, it's heavily focused on commissions and, and, and all that. I, so I joined Siemens about two years ago and um, I joined as a really a team of one, which was sales operations. Uh, to run sales operations, and the way the way I approached it was really taking a lean uh, approach to the end 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 sales process. So I came in, um, gathered different people from throughout the field, and started to you know process map. We did rapid improvement events, process map, really process map the end end sales process, and then tried to identify via lean techniques. Uh, some of the pain points and going after those. And then uh, after about a year, I also took on the sales enablement piece, which is, you know, again, historically has been mostly um, the tool side. So uh, CRM, um, our estimating system, our proposal generator, uh, you know, other programs that, that are specific to our industry. We have something called SpecWriter. I mentioned LinkedIn Sales Navigator and now moving into some of the programs like Ready to Sell and Ready to Lead. And I think the two actually go really, really, uh, you know, uh, hand in hand really well because, you know, I think you need to start from a lean um, approach of, you know, stripping out all of the stuff that's non-value added, making sure things are customer centric. I mean, my, my mantra for, for the team is, you know, if it doesn't either help the sales rep be successful or make the customer happy, we really shouldn't be doing it. And, you know, we're a 170 year old um, German engineering company. So we have a lot of internal process. It, believe me, it's, we got a lot of work to do. It's not like I came in and changed the whole uh, dynamic. I mean, it's, uh, it's an uphill battle because, you know, people, we do a lot of stuff, I think, to make ourselves happy, but it doesn't necessarily translate to making the sales rep be more successful or making the customers happy. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm going to gravitate back to kind of the, the topic of, of obviously um, revenue, top line revenue being the most impactful thing that you guys can do to prove a return. Um, at the soiree, you were talking a lot about how revenue is enablement's responsibility. And we've talked about some of the programs that you've um, that you built to expedite ramping um, reps to obviously have that impact on, on revenue. Um, I'd love to understand um, how you guys have kind of Kind of gone about measuring it. Um, you alluded to some manual work with Sales Navigator, but um, would love to kind of understand what are those kind of top line metrics that you are presenting to your executive team um, and proving that enablement has returned. Yeah, I mean, we focus so we focus primarily on uh, order intake, which is you know sales per um, sales rep. We also focus on gross margins, so making sure not only are they selling the top line, um, they're selling well. I, I mentioned. Uh, uh, turnover. You know, we still do a lot. I mean, it, we're, I think we're getting there. Um, we're doing, we're doing some good stuff, but I'd say still with some of the kind of the legacy systems, I think of like our, you know, our CPQ, our proposal generator, it's still a lot of like adoption and it's like, mm -hmm. what, okay, so what does adoption, you know, mean? Does it, I don't know. You can measure it and say people need to adopt it and use it. Um, so we still, I think we still rely on a lot of uh, you know success stories and people sharing best practices and saying how um, you know hey by using um, uh, it was Octave now it's Conga the proposal generator I'm able to mm -hmm. see you know when a when a customer opens the proposal what they're focusing in on I can follow up in a timely fashion um, but it, it can still be an uphill battle as far as getting reps who've been doing it a certain way for years and years to uh, to get with that so. Um, yeah, I would say we, we try to, we try to show, um, how, um, using a tool can translate into operating income or gross margin dollars, but sometimes it's still just, you know, I'm a big believer in sales reps are competitive. Sometimes you just have to stack rank them and, uh, and you know, they don't want to be on the bottom. Right. I mean, if you show them like here, there are, there are, uh, there are branches or areas or sales reps that are adopting these tools and they're being very successful that they'll, they tend to perk up. Oh yeah, absolutely. That always works with our reps as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, all right. I have a, a quick question um, just sort of on the sales tech stack. I am, I am curious um, how often do you guys go about evaluating your tech stack um, deciding, you know, what, what do you deprecate? Um, where are maybe some solutions, too overlapping. Um, is that something that you guys audit on a, a regular basis? I'd say no, we don't do it enough. Um, we, we, we need to do, I, 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 I think we should do it every year, right? I mean, you're not going to, you're not going to change your uh, technologies every year, but I think it's smart to um, be thinking about, uh, you know, what's the next step? What's the roadmap? We have, you know, we have an IT roadmap. I'd say it's very, it's very IT driven. Um, what I want is the, for the business to take more ownership out of it. We've got, the nice thing is we've got some folks with the expertise who they're great at doing that. Um, but I think it's making sure you carve out the time to make that part of their goals and objectives. Um, part of their performance review is, hey, I want you not only to manage um, the tool you have, manage the enhancement requests, make the tough decisions, you know, keep it under budget, but then you know, as part of your goals and objectives, also be think, you know, be laying out what that roadmap is and uh, making it again a team, uh, a team event. I mean, that's why we're trying to get more involved in like Dreamforce and, and being more aware of what's out there because it's overwhelming. There's so much going on. 
but you know, I, I think we we're trying to do more of it. I'm trying to I'm trying to drive that uh, mentality with the team. I, I still think we have we, I still think we have a ways to go. For example, I mean our um, our estimating tool is is uh, legacy. You know, it's our own homegrown. Um, you know, it's tough because people get very attached and they, you know, they feel like it's their baby. And once you start talking about like, you know, we shouldn't really be in the, the IT or technology stack business, you know, people get a little worked up. Um, and you know, there's sometimes you have people that are like true architects or developers versus like program or product managers. It's, it's a different, it's a different skill set, a different mentality, but you know, try to create an environment where people aren't freaking out about it. And it's just good business to be, you gotta be constantly looking at what's, what's available. Um, but yeah, we don't, uh, I mean, I, I'd say we don't put as much priority on it as we should. We're trying to change that. And then just cutting through the clutter. I mean, there's so much out there as you yeah. know. Yes, there is. It's crazy. Um, and the space just seems to grow and grow. Um, every year there's new companies coming out that I've never heard of. So it's, it's been interesting. Well, I mean, sales enablement to me, I don't even know when it really started. I mean, I, uh, prior to Siemens, I hadn't really even heard of it. So it's, uh, I mean, it's, uh, I think it's a huge value add. It still seems relatively young and yeah, there are a lot of smart people coming up with a lot of really starting really, um, smart, innovative businesses to address a need that companies obviously have. So yeah, it's an exciting space to be in. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and when you um, you mentioned that you know Siemens is big on on making sure that you know the business impact is is you know front and center to everything that you guys do um, and the things that you choose to take on as initiatives. Um, I would I would be curious to hear just kind of in your own words um, how sales enablement provides a business impact to an organization like Siemens. Like if someone was in a similar size organization maybe and they wanted to make the case for sales enablement, how, how would you advise that they go about explaining what it is that sales enablement can do for their organization? Yeah, I mean, it, to me, it's all about, I mean, at a very high level, high level, it's about um, providing salespeople with the, not just the tools, the tools, the technology, the process, the programs um, to help them be more successful. Uh, it's about, um, you know, being innovative where, you know, sales reps may, you know, some sales reps may have ideas on how to be innovative, but they're out there most of the time taking care of the customers. It's about giving them uh, innovation on a, on a periodic basis uh, to help them be more successful. And that's why um, I think it's so important. And, and that's why I think it's a balance of um, there are the tools you got to have, right? You got to have a commission structure. You've got to have a uh, CRM system. In our situation, you got to have estimating. You have to have proposal generation. So there are those things that um, they're, they're must-haves that you need to continue to nurture and innovate and, and show people the value of them. But then there's also the side where you can be really uh, innovative yourself and say, what are things, what are parts of the, you know, we try to look at it in terms of the, I mean, it's not, we didn't invent it. I mean, it's, it's just stuff that's been out there for a while. But looking at the customer journey, we try, we map the sales journey to that. And, and we try to really look at our, um, you know, our offering, our sales enablement offering and say, what are some of the, you know, what, which of the, which of our offerings is doing well, which do we need to swap out or innovate? Where are some of the, maybe the gaps uh, in the process um, that, uh, that we need to address. I mean, like, like I said, one of the areas we, we, we came up with was the, uh, you know, getting reps up to speed. I mean, another one I would like to be, uh, do more 
you know, earlier or previously in my career, I worked for a company that was really big on uh, really big adopter of Gallup, you know, like what are, what, what are the, what are the profiles of people that are going to be successful uh, in that selling situation? So, you know, I, I think we could, we could probably do a better job of identifying the, the right um, kinds of talent to be successful. I think a lot of the time we're like a lot of companies you rely on, okay, were they at a similar company to what we are, then they're okay. They'll do well. I don't think that's, I think you hire more for the person and the, and the core skills and take some chances. Maybe they were in a different industry or not even in sales or whatever, but you can have uh, tools that would help you identify um, personal characteristics that would be successful. I think that's a good, uh, that's a big area for us uh, in the future. Thanks for listening. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, visit salesenablement.pro. If there's something you'd like to share or a topic you want to know more about, let us know. We'd love to hear from you.